Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Rowan says the NBA trade deadline coming up at 3 p.m. Eastern. While we are on this show, stuff could be happening. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's already been an eventful day. Obviously, we have no Anthony Davis trade yet. It's looking like that won't occur, but he did say that he plans to play out the season if he remains with the Pelicans, which is going to be interesting because they obviously cannot have him get injured. We've seen what can happen. Boogie Cousins, John Wall. Uh, obviously, you can get hurt off the court, too. John Wall's an example of that, but that's going to make an interesting situation there. But, yeah, the Eastern Conference... Those teams are are doing battle. This is just like a keeper league. And we had this discussion, I believe, last week when it pertains to fantasy baseball, when you were pondering whether you wanted to return. It's the same thing. It's like, okay, well, Bucks, we're going to make a deal. Oh, really? Toronto. Okay, now we got to go make a deal. So uh, we'll see if the Celtics have a response now that the Bucks, Raptors uh, have made moves there in the Eastern Conference. All right, so let's talk about some of the moves. The Memphis Grizzlies are trading Marcus Gasol to the Raptors for Valenciunas, DeLon Wright, C.J. Miles, and a 2024 second-round pick. Why does that just not seem like enough, I mean, for Gasol? Gasol's a good player. Uh, he is, but I, I think he's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken, too. So if that's the case, that's why. I thought I saw him on the free agent list for next year, and Obviously, Memphis is is not in contention. Uh, he's a free agent in 2020. So, um, yeah. It doesn't seem like not enough. Yeah. They're, they're just trying to get rid of contracts and, I think, rebuild at this point. You know, I think they see they had a, a little run there. They got off to a nice start this year. And uh, I just think that they figure, all right, it's time to head in a different direction. I mean, good move for the Raptors getting Excellent. Salt there. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, Excellent great, great move, move. I mean, that should, maybe I'm wrong, but that should get them real close to the NBA Finals. Well, I think it's a real battle in the Eastern Conference. You know, I've liked Toronto. I've liked what they've done. You know, Kawhi Leonard has that playoff experience. And when Leonard is on, I mean, he's one of the best players in the game. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I, I'm still just worried about that back because uh, he definitely is not shooting the ball well and he hasn't played well. Uh, Siakam is, to me, probably the most improved player in the league. I think he should win that award. Uh, glad I drafted him in fantasy this year. I thought he would be good, but he's even exceeded my expectations. You know, Abaka. So they have a good team. And now you get Gasol uh, to be the man in the middle. So it's a really good trade here for the Raptors, who are two games behind the Bucks for the top spot in the East. So uh, it, it'll hurt Abaka's value a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I guess he backs him up. Uh, and Gasol's always been a very good fantasy player. So... Uh, he leaves a very slow-paced team and goes to a good Toronto team. So I think his value will, will be around what it was. 
All right, the Knicks, I think, are in question here. What will happen with Ennis Canner? What will happen with Wesley Matthews? What happens with DeAndre Jordan? I mean, do you think that most teams won't give the Knicks anything for these guys? They'll just let them cut them? Yeah, I think they're just going to get bought out uh, at this point. And you'll probably you'll see that uh, in several situations if trades aren't made, that these veteran players get bought out and sign on with a contender. Now, it says here, this is interesting, that the Nuggets want Noah Vonley because he's a free agent. I think the Knicks should be re-signing this guy. I, he's, he's legit. He's, he's turned out to be much better than I thought he'd be. Yeah, he's been pretty good, but you know, obviously the Knicks are, are looking to go after those big free agents and uh, probably have no plans to sign him. It's not really, it won't help his fantasy value going to Denver. They just have too much there. I mean, you know, Mason Plumley. If you didn't play Mason Plumley last night in fantasy, you're not paying attention. Uh, he actually, in Yahoo scoring, he had 23 points, fantasy points in the first quarter. I was like, oh, he's going to go off, and he did slow down a little bit and picked up fouls, but I think he was 12 bucks on there. Uh, and whenever Plumlee gets an opportunity to start, especially in a matchup against the Nets, he was in a good spot. So, you know, they have depth there. They've had some injuries, but Vonley, if he did go there, there's just not much uh, opportunity for him. I think the NBA is confusing. Here's a report. The Rockets trade Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin the fourth, and a second-round pick to the Pacers, and the Pacers are going to waive Stauskas and Baldwin. So I think people are like, well, this guy got traded, and then he's going to get this team, and then he gets cut. And it's like I think it's confusing for, for the layman, Ronis. Like a lot of people just can't keep up with some of these moves in the NBA. Nah, some they're insignificant though. I mean, Stauskas has been, I think, on four teams over the last week, <laughs> yeah, the last day. I hope twenty four hours. I hope he didn't. I hope he didn't really look into buying anything or renting. <laughs> Not even. I mean, hopefully he didn't even book a hotel for a week. He's living out of his car. I hope he's living out of his car. All right, the Bucks. This is a nice trade here. Bucks get Maradic from the Pelicans for Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, and I think it's four second round picks. I kind of like that move from Milwaukee. Oh, yeah, that's a really good move for them. They really didn't have to give up too much. And Miritich comes in. He'll be the sixth man. He's dealing with a calf injury right now. So, uh, you know, he might miss a little bit more time. But especially if you have him in fantasy, it's a huge boost because there was always the possibility if he remained with the Pelicans, they shut him down. Not going to be the case. Milwaukee top team in the East right now. They get another three-point shooter to space the floor. Uh, and even if he's the sixth man, he's just going to have so many wide open threes. They always have the option to of closing out a game with him or Brooke Lopez. So it's a real good move for Milwaukee, who has uh, been one of the biggest surprises this year. I think we knew they would be good, but uh, they've just been dominant this year. And they had uh, put up almost 150 last night. They had 50 points in the first quarter last night. Now, I think I, I just I was talking about this with my son this morning in the car. I think second-round picks are more valuable in the NBA than people realize. Good teams always seem to find like some European guy that they stash in Bulgaria or Turkey for a couple of years, Ronis, and eventually maybe those guys come over. So if you're a team like the Mavericks, if you're a team, you know, maybe you can find some hidden gold with those second-round picks. Yeah, I mean the Spurs have done a good job with it in the past. So uh, it's all about your perspective and obviously these teams in the east are going for it so you're not as worried about second round picks down the road you're trying to get to the finals this year all right the kings trade justin jackson and zach randolph to the mavericks for harrison barnes uh the kings basically saying hey we're going for it we're gonna we're gonna try to sign barnes to a longer contract and what do you think about that trade for both teams um i mean I, I don't I don't love Barnes, uh, especially in fantasy. Like even it, it took it took pulling teeth 
for me to play him last week when they made that trade. Because uh, I've the, the couple times I did use him this year, he sucked. And then I said, wait, there's no one on his team right now. He's going to take I so I used to play shots. him a lot, though, last year. Honest. I don't think he's shooting as well this year. Yeah, not this year. Um, the Kings are just in a, uh, an interesting team because they, they've already gone over their over-under for the year. They, yeah, they I know. did it in January. So, I know. It was 25. Uh, they're 28 and 26 right now. They're a game and a half behind the Clippers, but we know that the Clippers are basically, you know, tanking with the moves they've made. And the Lakers are right behind them, and we'll see what the Lakers do, uh, especially if they have to keep all those players with these rumors. It's going to be interesting to see how these young players respond because they were clearly out of their element and out of the game the other night. All right, the Wizards trade Otto Porter to the Bulls for Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, and a second-round pick. I like Porter going to the Bulls. You've got Markinen, you got Zach Levin, you got Chris Dunn, you got Otto Porter. Maybe the Bulls are, are, are putting together something interesting here. Yeah, it's good for Porter. I mean, you get a big opportunity. I think the Bulls kind of realize that they're not going to be a an allure for free agents. So I think this was a way for them to do something and try and improve the team because look at all the teams out there that are going to be chasing free agents. The Bulls are just not going to be high on that list. So I think that's why they decided to go in this direction. Uh, Portis, I don't know if he's going to see a huge jump in minutes there in Washington. And uh, so it might be the same on a per minute basis. He's been good, but doesn't seem like he's going to get 30, 35 minutes a night. Is this, I don't see how this moves helps the wizards. I mean, Jabari Parker has been disgusting. A second round pick is kind of meaningless. I mean, they just wanted to get, get rid of, of the contract. Co- yeah, I just want to get rid of the contract. I mean, yeah. don't you find, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, maybe we better go off contracting some teams in the NBA. Do we need this many teams? Maybe we need to get rid of like four teams in the NBA. I mean, we say this about every sport. It's just the way the nature of, the sp- of sports are. And it's just, it's going to continue. I mean, look, the Wizards were close and I, they probably thought they had a, a chance. And then wall goes down and everything falls apart. And. That's why they were making these moves. And, you know, who knows? Maybe they try and deal Beal in the offseason. Well, this next trade, if anybody needs to understand something about the salary cap, the Heat trade Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington for the Suns for Ryan Anderson. I mean, this was the Heat just getting rid of contracts because Ryan Anderson is disgusting, but at least his contract is over at the end of this year, right? So, basically, this is just getting out of something. And I don't even know why that, Why do the Suns do this. Do they think that Tyler Johnson has, has ability? You want to pay this guy fourteen mil? Yeah, it was a little uh, surprising. Obviously, they want, uh, Phoenix wanted to get uh, rid of that trade, but uh, I think Johnson could hit free agency this year. Uh, but he does have a player option for like nineteen million, so I'm pretty sure he's uh, going to pick that up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you just wonder, like, even if you liked Tyler Johnson, like, and I don't hate him, but for nineteen mil, dude, I, I would I would find four other guys I like better than that. Yeah, and I just dropped him in a fantasy league last week. So uh, this obviously should help him. I think he should get more opportunity in Phoenix. Oh, for sure. And then there was a a three-team deal with the Rockets, the Cavaliers, and the Kings where Iman Shumpert goes to Houston. I always thought Shumpert, when he was with the Knicks, very good defensive player, not very good on offense. Can he make any difference whatsoever for the Rockets in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, he'll get some minutes there. Uh, and then they traded away James Enos, so that'll open it up. So he's just not not a great fantasy player. Uh, but, you know, they're looking – they don't need him to do much in Houston. They just need him to be that defensive 
player that he has been and, and maybe hit some shots. So uh, it's not a, a guy that's going to play a big role on that team. All right, and the Clippers trade Avery Bradley to the Grizzlies for Garrett Temple and Jermichael Green. I kind of like Temple and Green as, you know, young pieces. Uh, Bradley's not helping the uh, Clippers any. I, I think the Clippers are in a sneaky spot. There was an article in The Athletic that they're positioning themselves for a big move this offseason. Oh, for sure. I mean, they look like they want to try and get, you know, two potential big free agents. Can it be Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, something like that? So, you know, obviously the Knicks are doing the same thing, the Lakers. So that's what's going to make this offseason very interesting. But, yes, uh, it's clear what the Clippers are trying to do after that Tobias Harris trade. And now this, they're just looking to clear cap space and uh, go after these big-name free agents. Do you think the Clippers have an advantage because of Doc Rivers that people want to go there and play for him? I don't know. I'm not sure if if they if they do. I mean, you're, I, I still think the Lakers are the team out there in the same building, and LeBron James. So yeah, but you got to uh, crap. Luke Walton's a mess. Well, he I might don't be dislike. Gone. Right, I don't dislike Luke Walton. I think he actually has some upside potential, but I think he's lost that team. I don't know how he keeps that job. Yeah, I mean, it it's, comes down to what LeBron wants, and it, it's looking like that he will not be there. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, I was talking to my friend this morning, and he said he was listening to some radio show where the guy's talking about LeBron always seems to get whiny sometime in the second half of the year. Teams make moves, a lot of moves to make him happy. Is there? Can you ever make LeBron James happy? Uh, yeah, win a ring. <laughs> I think he'll be happy <laughs> if he won a ring with the Lakers, uh, for sure. So... Look, I mean, they were, I think they were hoping to get like a Paul George. That didn't happen. This Anthony Davis thing. So right now, you know, he's, he, I think he is frustrated because he does not have the pieces he needs, especially to compete in the Western Conference. No, that's for sure. He doesn't have it. Um, oh, let's see. Now C.J. Miles is going to be traded to the Grizzlies, Ron. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Very again, exciting news there. Yeah. Uh, big news there. Big news there. All right. This is something that we haven't talked about, but – in years past, the NBA teams, you know, the over-unders would be 190, 197. Dude, we're seeing games now like their all-star game. It was 149 to 128. What do you think is the major difference that you're seeing in the NBA this year that the numbers are so astronomically high? I think the defense is not what it was, and I also think a lot of teams are playing high-paced basketball, and teams are taking a lot of threes. I mean, you know, we know the Rockets take a ton. I mean, they set an NBA record against Brooklyn a few weeks ago, but I think you're seeing more and more teams take threes and hitting those threes. So I think you just have some uh, more prolific players and uh, teams playing at very high paces, uh, for sure. I mean, there are nights where you do see numbers in the low 200s. Uh, tonight, looking at the over-unders, uh, 215, 212 is the lowest, and it's the Thunder Grizzlies. I think Grizzlies, uh, I mean, this uh, could be an ugly game tonight. And uh, 14 points, Thunder are favored by right now. And obviously, no Gasol, and uh, they, they, they're going to be shorthanded. So we're going to find some value on the Grizzlies tonight. Do you think that's something that can last what's happening in the NBA? I, I, look, I, I think the NBA must like it. I think they want to see more scoring. I think scoring helps fill seats and people are excited. Nobody wants, nobody wants to see 97 to 91 when you can see 138 to 131, Ronas. Yeah, I think in most sports, fans like to see it. And if you, don't, if you need an example, look how many people complained about the Super Bowl this past week, right? It was the lowest scoring game in history, and everyone said it was boring and it sucked. So fans clearly want to see offense. They love the 54-51 Chiefs-Rams game that Monday night. They love seeing dunks and 
the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors, people love that style of basketball. You know, they're fast-paced. They, you know, hit shots. I mean, at one point last night, I think they had 24 of 25 shots. So I think people just like offense. They, in baseball, the same thing. Remember when they went through the down period and you had the home run race with McGuire or Sosa Bonds? People just love offense. So, yeah, I think people are enjoying the NBA right now. You know, the NBA gets a lot of criticism, but, man, it's a soap opera. There's so much drama. Even though we all know the Warriors are going to win, the NBA is still <laughs> – the NBA is still – I mean, look, the NBA has been in the headlines for weeks now, and there's always some drama in the NBA, and it makes it interesting. Now, I've always said, I just feel – yeah, okay, the Warriors probably going to win the championship. I always find an exciting game every night. I keep talking about Brooklyn. Brooklyn, again, another fun game yesterday beating Denver. That is a fun team to watch, and Karis LeVert is returning tomorrow. And I feel so good for him. This guy was we, off to a great start. And great I, cannot, start. I cannot believe when we saw that injury that he is actually going to return to the court tomorrow. How do we make the, the Brooklyn Nets better? What do they Because they have money. Where do, where do they go? They have LeVert. They have D'Angelo Russell. They have Jared Allen. They have Rondé Hollis Jefferson. You want, I'll tell you what. Let's save that comment for the break. Let's think about it because I think the Nets are onto something. They've got a great young coach. They've got good young players. They've got a whole lot of money. How do we make them better? We will ask General Manager Adam Ronis when Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this. I like what I'm seeing from the Kings, and I like Vladdy's attitude, too, of going, you know what? We don't really own any of our picks this year, so why the hell not? Go for it. It's clear that he doesn't care whether it's the eighth seed or the seventh seed. He just wants to be playing basketball moving forward. Right. you got Harrison Barnes. You've got now Fox, Buddy Held. you got Bogdanovich. This is all of a sudden a very intriguing combination of talent. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. Dr. Roto here with Adam Ronis. And remember, the best, number one, fantasy baseball draft kit anywhere. 
is at scoutfantasysports.com. Enter the promo code BATS50, that's BATS50, and you will get 50% off your first two months. Just in time for the baseball season, Adam Ronas, what are you working on as we speak? I've been doing a lot of profiles, and latest one's a look at Steven Strasburg. I got free agents on the move and what it means for their fantasy value, Yasiel Puig. A.J. Pollock, Nelson Cruz, Sonny Gray. Uh, taking a look at Jesus Aguiar and whether that breakout from last year was real. So, Do we like uh, him? Because I, I drafted him in the seventh round of FSA. Please tell me you like him. Yeah, I do. Uh, I okay. think he was always a good player that just needed an opportunity to play every day. And he got it last year and he excelled. So I was fortunate. I did draft him last year in a draft and hold league on fan tracks, like in round 20-something. I just said, you know what? Yeah, it's crowded here right now. But if he somehow could find a way to in his lineup, I think he could do well. And obviously, when Eric Thames went down, he got his opportunity, and he just never let it go. And uh, he was a key player why I was able to have success last year. Yeah, I had him, and I, I loved his power. You know how sometimes guys just need a little, op- a little door, a little opportunity, and you know they can be very successful? He was that guy. This guy had big-time power. I think he hits 30 home runs, no problem this year. Yeah, I think he should, too. Uh, I do like the player, and... Uh, so I break it down in depth. You can check the article out, scoutfantasysports.com. I am still writing about the FSTA, Ronas, because that is the draft that will never end, ever. Still two more rounds to go. Okay, it's almost done. I think, you know what, you might finish before Labor on Tuesday. It's possible. I mean, if we can get uh, my man Raf to make a pick, it's possible. He's got two more to pick. Well, he's got 108 hours left, so give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe that there's no clock on this. This oh, could you imagine if this was a like a pay league? Like on Oh my a, god. I, people, I actually wrote- people flip out on a two hour clock. I'm doing a draft now on fantracks.com. It just started today. I have pick eleven and it's a two hour clock. And I think uh we are at pick uh I think seven or eight. People flip on two hour clocks. Dude, four hour clocks to, people I, flip. I reached out to Charlie Wiegert. And this was way before this whole thing started. I said, don't you think we should have a clock? I think it'd be better. No, let's just see how it goes. It's fine. Blah, blah. No, it's not fine. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. You need to finish your industry people. How can you not finish a league? What does that say to everybody out there? Yeah, and you know you can make the argument that this was January, early February, but I, I think you should have a clock on it. Uh, it you, even if you want to make it eight hours, 10 hours, because there's no rush at this point, but there should be a clock on it because, you know, people can take advantage of it since it's there. Since there's no specific rule, they can sit there and say, you know what, we've already seen, you know, players sign in the last couple of days, nothing big, but, you know, this JT Real Muto trade looks like it's going to happen with the Phillies. So someone could just sit there and say, you know what, I'm just going to milk this clock, see what trade happens, see what player gains value, and it's within the rules. And that's why you need to have a clock because realistically, you know, you could just let it drain all day. Look, our friend at uh, SiriusXM, Mr. MD, he does that all the time. If he's in a draft like that, he, he goes, if I have six hours, I'm using six hours. There could be information out there. I don't like it, but he's not wrong. Yeah, it's, it, look, if it's within the rules, you can do it. Is it proper etiquette? Probably not, but everyone else has that opportunity as well. People don't want to do it. They want to make their pick. That's fine, but that is the one thing with these deals. Uh, I think I told you a story a couple years ago. Uh, I, my home league, we used to do a fantasy football slow draft. And 
I was on the clock. I was playing softball. So I came home. So I was on the pick. And then I saw a tweet. Uh, Jordy Nelson left uh, the practice field with the knee injury. I was like, ooh, okay. So I said, you know what? I'm going to wait. I don't want to make my pick yet. I took a shower, came out of the shower. Jordy Nelson, torn ACL. Okay, Randall Cobb, you're mine. And my friend who picked right behind me, I think he was 14, I was 15, he had Jordy Nelson, and he was pissed when I took Cobb. He let the clock run out uh, the whole time. And I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, It's not like I let the clock bleed to one minute. I just said, okay, there's some news out there. Let me wait and see. And then once I saw the confirmation of a torn ACL, I took Cobb. Now, that's... I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong, and people I spoke with said it. I understand why the, the team behind me is upset because he obviously wanted Cobb to replace Jordy Nelson, but that's part of doing a slow draft, and you have to understand that once you enter that. No, no, I, I agree. You know I don't like it. I don't like to wait, but I did a draft champions, and it was four hours, and I found for the most part I, I thought four hours was good. I felt I just want to make two picks a day, Ronas. Right. If I can because... make two picks a day, I'm, I'm a happy man. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll never complain. I know people have different schedules, work, kids, whatever. But if there's one person who consistently takes up the entire time, that's a problem. You just you know that this draft's going on. You I, No matter what you do, I think, almost any field, you can find a way to check in from time to time. You can take one minute out. You can do it on your phone at lunch. You can do it on your phone when you're taking a dump. Whatever. Or do like, some, or do go- some auto draft. Puts, puts five guys in, in the queue. I mean, I have no problem with that. Or, or you know what I've seen people do? Hey, guys, I'm going to be out for the next uh, three hours. Just want to let you know. All right. Or say, I'm never or, angry yeah, with that. Or say, hey, you know, due to this job, I'm not doing this as much. Text me if I'm on the clock. I mean, I'm pretty sure no matter where you work, you can check your phone and at least get text. Yeah, I mean, look, I emailed Raph in a very sweet, nice way because you know me, I could get crazy. But I wasn't really. You know, I was trying to be very. I've never nice seen that and, side of you, Doc. Exactly. You? <laughs> I know it's very rare, very rare that it comes out. But I was just like, you know, look, here's this, and look, we're just. And, and he was very nice back. But at some point, when it's when it's always you, it's a problem. Yeah. No, I agree, and. uh I, look, I understand everyone has their own situation, but you should have some respect for the league, especially if everyone else is picking in a rather rapid or reasonable fashion. You know, you don't want to be that guy to hold it up, but that's the problem. If you don't have a clock or a clock is like five days, then you can criticize them and say anything. You're just like, hey, I'm busy or whatever it is. That's why you do, you do need a clock. And again, I've seen four-hour clock and two-hour clocks, and people are still impatient. I mean, I know. A, a I know. two hour clock is like really, really, that's like a slim margin. Now they do turn even it off. I, even I wouldn't do a two hour clock, Ronis. That's too fast for me. To, I think to it is too. I mean, it's just, uh, that's what they do there. So, um, you know, I'm fortunate that I'm pretty much around all the time uh, and always have access to my phone. But uh, I hope I, I told you forget. the new rule with F- NFBC, right? It's four hours, and then after round 30, it goes to two hours. Yeah, I found that out the hard way when I did the first draft. <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't understand that, though. That doesn't No, I like it because, you know, yeah, I actually love it. I Why? think it's a great idea. Because, you know what, by that point, you don't just come on, load some dudes up, and let's go. Come on. No, let's those make picks this matter, man. I don't want to just brush over them. I know, okay, I know from rounds 30 to 50 that maybe half You're those guys. Eight, yeah. I mean, you get the eighth outfielder on the Blue Jays. Yeah, but still, I mean, I 
want to look at things and make a reasonable pick. You know, I'm looking at, de- especially now with a lot of free agents on sign, kind of looking at depth charts. Okay, what minor league can get called up? So, you know, I want that time. I just, I don't know, four, four hours. Just leave it at four hours, especially in January, February. Like, what's the rush here? I kind of like the draft champions because I like, there's just that, uh, what's the word? It's that endorphin, that thrill, that drafting thrill. Yes. You know, I mean, look, I, I like that. But then that's, I don't want to. I don't want to manage my team. Though once yeah. the draft is over, I don't want the team. See, that's <laughs> that's why people wind up playing. And they say this after the season starts. Oh, I signed up for too many leagues. You know why? We love drafting, and right. you know that's the thing. And you know we love putting teams together. We love the strategy. Then you have the long haul of oh boy, and that's why I think you're seeing the draft champions and best ball leagues in football become more popular. Especially people are doing. 10, 20, 30 best ball drafts for football because it's like, all right, I'll just draft my team. But my problem with draft champions is I don't want to even make my up and down moves. I'd rather them just do best ball for me. But you can't do it in a roto format, though. I know, I know. But I mean, even me going on, even me going, checking every week, it just may not happen during the season. I mean, I'll make it happen, but it's just not something I love doing. Well, I think uh, Fantrax actually has best ball leagues with points. So you don't have to do anything. You just draft your team, but it's points based. That has to be because you can't. How do you determine whether, you know, four home runs and eight RBIs compares to two homers and six steals? I like, might do a fan tracks points league. I, I might be up for that. Yeah, and you should check it out. It's pretty cool. I didn't do the points league. I'm doing the draft and hold now because the only reason why is because I feel like this will help prepare me for, like, tout. Again, I'm... Well, my, I'm in the tout ma- points league. I'm in head-to-head Oh, points. so yeah. So that would absolutely help you then. That would be good yeah. beneficial because you get good practice. You get an idea. I mean, the scoring system might be a little bit different, but I got to think it's pretty similar. Uh, but my big league this year is the NFBC auction, so you really can't prepare for that. I mean, no one wants to do an auction mock. So, um, I did an auction mock once years ago for Roto Experts. How many hours did it take, or did you jump oh. out after an hour? Well, no, Angle was there. It was a bunch of us. It was, I think we did like a couple, two, three hours. It just was a lot. It was long. Yeah. Was like, really long. I, and I don't, you know, and every auction is different. And I think once you've played in an auction, you kind of have an idea. So um, it's just kind of valuing the players, deciding how you want to spend your money. So I think you just go in ready once you've done it, you know, and I, I have, uh, I believe, three auction leagues this year right now. Yeah. Uh, NFBC, my home league, and the uh, Gotham League. Yeah, I love auction leagues, but I'll say this. I want to get back to the points league. My only problem was it was a head-to-head points league tout. And you could actually look at the numbers because it's there. Dude, I had a really good team last year. I mean, really good team. And I came in second, I think, to Jake. But the thought was I would play guys and their team would suck. But the week I played them, they put up like 600 points. They didn't put up 300 any other week except the week they played me. That's a little random for me. That was hard to swallow that because I played like that literally happened three times. Three teams when they played me had the week of their lives and never came close to the rest of the season. Yeah, it happens. But wait, weren't you? Isn't that league uh, by categories each week though, right? It was. And I'm saying that, right, I, I, people just had, you know, 70 runs batted in that week. Whatever it was, the points skewed that you could you could see the actual number of points and then you knew how it was for categories. So it was like hitting, you got two, pitching, you got two, and then overall got two, right? So there was six points to win each week. And there and you could see like the numbers and the numbers were like, how did this guy do this? This guy didn't put numbers any week except the week he played me. I mean, that was the problem with head to head. It's just very random that way. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to football, though obviously in the high-stakes leagues, we reward the points a lot. So, yeah, that's the one thing about head-to-head in baseball is, you know, one bad week or you run into a hot team, maybe they have more starts, and, you know, that's why there's a lot more strategy involved in that, especially if you look deep into the rules and try and figure out how to manipulate it and decide, okay, do I want to – does it make sense to roll with more starters? Does it make sense to load up our relief pitchers? And that's why you have to really examine those rules closely and kind of decide. And, you know, the league that I played in for many years, there was a cap on starts for the week. I think it might have been like 10 because mm-hmm. you know how it is. You could, if you, in a points league, if you pile up on starters, you're probably going to win. Even if they have like a bad start, the innings get points, the strikeouts get points. So as long as your pitchers don't get destroyed, if you have more but when starts they do get destroyed, opponent, when they let up six runs, it does hurt. It does. I mean, especially if it's minus one or minus two for a run, sure. But, you know, you're more than likely going to take a chance with more two-star pitchers to have more uh, pitchers on the mound than your opponent. Now, what I did in, in tout last year was that I had starters and then I would have three relievers on my bench because you could put guys in on Friday. So I would either put in guys who had two, the second start during the weekend, and if they didn't have anything, I'd put in a closer. Okay. So, yeah, you can so I try to get a, a, a save or two, get some more points over the weekend. Was that so? That was a, a weekly, but you can make changes on Friday. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah, that's not. That's how they did it. Do that in tout. Well, I didn't. Tout uh, crazy. I didn't even know the first month, and then and then I was like, oh my god! Somebody talked about making moves. Andrea Lamont talked about making moves on Friday. I'm like, my god! I've been, I didn't do anything for the first month. Probably cost me. Probably cost me the league, to be quite honest with you, because I didn't. I didn't pay attention. It's my fault. It was a rule. Yeah. I missed it. I wonder why they did that for, for that league specifically. I know in our league, like, you can make moves to activate an injured player off the DDL and replace them, like a midweek activation, but you couldn't make changes to pitching. No, we could make legit changes on Friday, wholesale mm. changes. So what I would do is I would just have guys come in and out and just rotate them in and out, pay attention. With pitchers, you can do that. Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, you know, NFBC, you can do the hitter change on Friday, but right. you can't mess with your pitching. I know. So that's why I used to have two or three closers in waiting and just flip them in and out. Try right, to in get case a free you save. didn't have a start on the weekend, yeah. Yeah, get the save. I got five points for a save. Boom, I just got five free points. You know, you get the right guy on the right team on the right weekend. It was, it was a good strategy. So real quick, I, I do want to get to the Nets in the next segment, but it looks like Real Muto is going to go to the Phillies here. And it's, what is it, Sixto, Sanchez, Alfaro, and a bunch of guys I've never heard of before. Do you think that's a good move for both teams? Well, yeah. Uh, I think that, obviously, the Marlins needed to get this done uh, before the spring. And they do. And Sixto Sanchez is a prospect that has a lot of ability. He's had some injuries, and there's concern, I guess, about his frame long term. But he throws hard. He didn't pitch much last year because he was hurt. But it is a, a big upside arm of potential. I know Jorge Alfaro has his flaws, but he hits the ball hard and far. He does get on base for all the times he strikes out. But for real, Muto, obviously, this is a, a really good move. Uh, his fantasy value definitely gets an uptick because he's going to a better team and he's going to a better park. I mean, I was just looking at the splits today. I tweeted out earlier. For his career, Romuto has an OPS of 676 at home and 852 on the road. Last season, he had eight home runs with a 773 OPS at home and 13 home runs with an 870 OPS on the road. And Philly really boosts right-handed power. So this is a really good move for Real Muto's fantasy value. I mean, he was going early in drafts anyway. 
maybe people boost them up. And especially if they can get another bat like Machado or Harper, I mean, this lineup is going to be really, really good. So definitely helps Real Muto's fantasy value for sure. And now we can stop worrying about all the trade rumors with him because it's been such a big topic for a long time. I, I like the move for both teams. I think that the Marlins had to get rid of this guy, you know, Sanchez and Alfaro and whichever the minor leaguers are. It's, it's a respectable, it's a respectable get. I mean, I don't think it's the greatest get. I, I think I could, I would have liked to have had Mejia from the Padres, but I mean, my bigger question is the Phillies. Do they go get Harper? Do they get Keuchel? Do they get Kimbrell? Or are they done now? No, I think they're still in the mix to to make a move. I think they're they want one of those big backs, whether it's Machado or Harper. Harper probably makes more sense because they're have a hole in the outfield. Because my guess is they you know probably go with uh, Nick Williams, Kingery in the outfield right now. So Harper would be a better fit. Uh, you already have Segura at short. Uh, Frank, I mean, you could always put Machado a third if you want, but Harper would seem to be the better fit. And man, <laughs> that lineup with one of those bats in there with McCutcheon, Cigar, Real Muto, Hoskins, Odubel, and Cesar Hernandez, that's a really good lineup. They still still could use another pitcher, though. I mean, you got Nola. Arietta definitely has kind of been on the downside. I think Pavetta, we haven't seen the best yet. He could get better. Um, and they did, you know, add some David Robinson to the bullpen, and you got Dominguez. So this is a team that's uh, trying to go for it in a tough NL East. Well, it is. It's a very, it's it's a it's a very tough division. You're absolutely right. You got the Phillies, you got the Braves, and you got your the Mets. I mean, it's it's interesting. And the Nationals so, too. So and the Nationals, yeah. So it's uh, got three teams that could that could compete. All right, we'll talk about that more. We'll talk about the Nets. I promise we'll get to everything when Scout Fantasy Sports returns right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, So we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com proudly made in america it's calling the shots i love the dh like i'm all in on the designated hitter i am the guy that fell in love with the steroid era wanted to see he men hulk men hitting the long ball like i want to see more offense than defense i want to see more offense than pitching i love the designated hitter i am all in on the designated hitter Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right. I think we're back, Ronis. Are we back? Yeah. We feel back, right? All right. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. Dr. Roto here with Adam Ronis. Remember, check out our fantasy baseball draft kit at scoutfantasysports.com and for the promo code BATS50, that's 50, 
and you get access to Sean Childs, Adam Ronas, Dr. Roto, and we'll even answer your questions in the premium chat area. Ronas, I think that is actually the best value that we have there. I mean, during football season, it was literally you, me, and Sean answering all these questions for people. Yeah, and, you know, everyone likes the one-on-one help, the specifics to their team, and that's uh, a benefit that you get usually in a very timely fashion, and one of us will answer, sometimes all three of us, so it's definitely worth the price because, you know, that's really what you want, a specific answer catered to your team, and that's where you get that individual attention. Right, and to know that Adam Ronis is answering my baseball question, he don't, you don't even answer my baseball questions. Yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> Post them on the forums. You'll definitely get an answer. <laughs> exactly. That's what, that's what he said to me. He said, Doc, post them on the forum. I'll answer them for you. I'm like, my God, I thought I've known you for so long now. All right. So let's I, I we, we meant to go this through the first segment. I'll bring it back. The Brooklyn Nets. I'm looking at this team, Ronis, and I really like what I'm seeing here. I think that they very well coached. They made uh, an aggressive trade getting D'Angelo Russell. How do we – you're now the general manager of the Nets – how do you make this team even better? I mean, obviously, it would help to get a, a big-name free agent. I but you're not going to, most likely. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're a great destination that appeals to many, especially when you have Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Knicks out there. So that's going to be the biggest problem. Uh, but they are a very well-coached team. Uh, they play very well. I mean, they do have some talent here. So um, they might just have to kind of stick with what they have and hope to, to land a, a decent free agent. But it's going to be really hard for them. I mean, look at the Eastern Conference and those teams out there. Uh, they're in a difficult spot. Well, I mean, they have money, but they're in the New York area. But are they really a New York team? I mean, I know they are. I know they're in Brooklyn. I get that. But do you really feel like they're, the Knicks do something at the Garden? They get all the attention. Oh, for sure. And the Knicks have done nothing and they still have the attention and they're like the most valued NBA franchise, <laughs> which is crazy, right? Because the Knicks haven't been winning for a long time. So, uh, yeah, they're in a tough spot there. I would think the Nets could use a shooting guard. Right? I think the Nets could use... Do you like that kid, Kuroks? Or do you think you need better at power forward? Better. I mean, he got off to a nice start, but he's really struggled to shoot the ball lately. I mean, there was a period where we used him in DFS, and that, that period has evaporated. All right, so we get a power forward. We get a shooting guard. You move Joe Harris down in the rotation a little bit, and then you're a better team. Yeah, I just, I, I just don't know what they can do. If they're not going to get a big-name free agent to come there, they're in a really tough spot. Um, they're just going to have to be that scrappy team that, uh, you know, uh, tries to get – their talent to exceed but when you're in the eastern conference with all these teams in front of them making moves it's a bad spot all right some late trades here we got about uh, 15 minutes to go in the nba trade deadline shelvin mack goes from the grizzlies to the hawks scala goes from the kings to the blazers for caleb swanigan i actually like caleb swanigan i thought he should have gotten way more run in portland ronis yeah he's a very good rebounder um but the offense hasn't really developed yet. So um, don't think he's going to get much of a shot here either. Now, the Clippers are trading Mike Muscala to the Lakers in exchange for Michael Beasley and Zubac. Does that surprise you? Wasn't Zubac playing well in DFS recently? Yeah, the problem was he was like kind of in and out of the starting lineup. And they, I don't know, they just didn't seem to like him much because 
there were times they used Chandler ahead of him and then McGee. So uh, obviously he was being rumored as part of a potential Anthony Davis deal that looks like that fell apart. So um, Muscala not going to do much, I think, in L.A. Obviously, uh, he wasn't bad when he played for Embiid. Uh, not he recently he wasn't though. Um, there was a couple spots where he was, but I remember recently, not when Embiid was out, they had some injuries and uh, he did not play well. I'll give you a quarter if you can tell me the college Mike Muscala went to. I don't know. Bucknell. Oh, okay. He led that Bucknell team in the NCAA tournament. Remember that when they made their run? Run, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, any other? Uh, do you think we'll see any other late trades? Do you think we're just going to see crappy trades like this in the last 15 minutes? Any, any uh, last the, minute deal? The uh, Sixers traded Markel Fultz to the Magic. Oh, you see that? Yeah. Really? For what? And the Magic are sending Jonathan Simmons a first and a second round pick to the Sixers. Really? I yeah. actually like that deal. I think, the, I think the Magic made a bad deal. I think the Sixers made a great deal there. Yeah, you know they wanted to get rid of Fultz, and right. the relationship there was clearly not good. You know, we Toxic. don't know what happened. Yeah, so that they, they got a first-round pick back. I wonder, I don't know and if Jonathan Simmons year. is not a bad player. Yeah, I mean, it's depth for them. Fultz, they weren't getting anything uh, out of him this year for sure. So, yeah, uh, interesting uh, trade there for the Sixers again. What do you think about Fultz? Do you think that this guy could – I think he will never be good. I mean, I'm really going to go out on that limb there. I think, I think he's – Always going to be a problem. I mean, his confidence at the free throw line is just abysmal. I mean, if you saw him this year and some of the shots he took, uh, you could just tell it's a player that just didn't have any confidence. I mean, he is only 20 years old, but it was high expectations as the number one pick. And uh, but he wasn't really that great a player in college. He I was know. good. He wasn't. I, I just never understood how you took this guy. And I watch college basketball, Ronis. I know you do too, but I really watch. I mean, I never saw this guy's a number one overall pick. I don't know what people are thinking. It happens. Sometimes people, uh, you know, think there's potential there. They overrate it. And uh, obviously that's the case uh, for the Sixers, and they get out of this now. I thought that Danny Ainge made the steal of all, of all time, making that deal where he ends up going down and still getting the guy he wanted with Tatum. Oh, of course. And Tatum's proven to be a really good player. You think they don't wish to add him? Oh, my God. Tatum, you don't need Jimmy Butler. You have Tatum. Yep, that's uh, for sure. But uh, it's made the NBA interesting, I can tell you that. Do you really think the Celtics are giving up Jason Tatum to get Anthony Davis? Yeah. But it seems like Anthony Davis has kind of made it clear once again that he will not sign with Boston long term. So if that's the case, I don't know how that trade gets done. I'm not giving up Tatum, dude. I'm just not. I'm going to give up everything else except for Tatum. And I'm going to make get it done then. Then it won't get done. Hey, and by hey, the way, doesn't Anthony Davis always get hurt? Anthony Davis is a stud. He's a top five player I, in the NBA. I know, but doesn't he always get hurt? Like in DFS, every night I use him, doesn't he get hurt? He actually has not left too many games this year. Now, he makes a lot of trips to the locker room, and I believe it's because he's got women in there. But <laughs> or does he I, go I, to the bathroom? It's nah, one of the two, dude. <laughs> he's got there's no one can get hurt that much. And he's constantly going to the locker room and almost every game this year he has returned. So I think he might have like a sexual addiction problem and they have women in there for him. He goes in there, he does what he has to <laughs> does do and he comes it, does back his out. Thing, it comes back out. Yeah. I you know, look, Daryl Strawberry did it right. So 
you know, I, I was going with that maybe he had a, a bladder problem. You're going with that he's a sexual deviant, Ronas. Yeah, I truly believe that. It's where your mind is in the gutter. That, Do you think Dal Strawberry was actually going into the clubhouse and just doing his thing and then coming back out? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely, for sure. you know how whack that Mets team was? It was, and that's the crazy thing, that they actually did win a championship. They should have won more, but, yeah, that was an, a crazy team. Like, all the stories that you read afterwards, I mean, it's amazing that they were I know able you're to not a Yankee. I know you're not a Yankee fan, but did you ever read the Bronx Zoo? I did not. Oh, dude, the Yankees were drunks. They were Jim McMullen every day in the Upper East Side pounding beers until 4 in the morning. They were all crazy. All of them were nuts. I think we've seen, but you know, that's the thing uh, in the past uh, that happened a lot more. Maybe it's because social media wasn't around and, it, you know, the media wasn't as present. I mean, these guys who keep it on the low, it's a nice job today because everyone has a camera. You can't get away with nothing. Like everything is caught on video now. Like I seen just over the weekend uh, video of people getting shot in the face. Like everything's on video now. What videos do you watch for people getting shot in the face, Ronas? Oh, well, I was at uh, this Super Bowl party, and the guy was a cop, so he was oh. showing me some things that happened. I mean, it probably made its way to social media, but, yeah, there, there's videos everywhere. There was a, a, an incident in Brooklyn where these guys were meeting up. They argued, and you see the guy pull out a gun and shoot him. If, if I was an athlete now, anybody in my group, I'd say put your phones in a, in a bag no phones. You have no to, phones yeah. on the table. Like wherever you're at, I mean, yeah. and I know there are some athletes that do that. They're like, you're not getting in here. You got to put your phone down. Yeah. You phones have to, be down. man. Right. Because everyone records everything now. And then there's cameras all over neighborhoods and uh, on buildings. Like you can't get away with anything. So well, it's closed really... circuit TV. Britain, Britain, uh, Europe is all about closed circuit TV in all these places. Right. So I remember terrorism. I was watching something, some show uh, where that was. Uh, it was a broad church or something. You ever watch that show? Started watching. No, I, it. I watched the me. Bodyguard, dude. There's a British. I watch. Show. You know what? Yeah. Awesome, right? That's you where know, it was. I put out on Twitter like, "Oh, what should I watch on Netflix?" And I got hundreds of responses. And then Craig Mish texted me the Bodyguard. Trust yep. me. I said, "Okay." And did I you watch it. it? Yeah, it was good. It was good, right? Yeah, Mish yeah. was right on that one. My dad told me about that. I he goes, "You want to watch it?" I go, "Well, even my wife stayed awake for that one." Okay. Oh, that's uh, <laughs> so she has a hard time staying awake through stuff. Yeah, we'll watch some shows, and it'll be like five minutes. I'll turn around, and she's out cold. But that uh, show, she stayed awake for all of it. Same thing with my girlfriend, man. I'm like, really? Like, why are we watching this for? And two Do we watch, in, the, we watch The Crown. Two minutes into The Crown, out cold. Two minutes into House of Cards, out cold. But this show, she watched the whole thing. <laughs> well, I guess that speaks volumes then, right? If you could stay awake for that. Yeah, if you could keep your uh, your significant other interested, it's always good. But we, I, it was that was a really good show, dude. That was a really good show. Yeah, I actually just finished watching it maybe two, three weeks ago. Yeah, we finished it last week, uh, Saturday actually. Okay. Yeah, the uh, I asked my dad because my dad just watches Netflix incessantly. Have you heard of Black Earth Rising? He told me to watch that one next. No, I haven't. About something with Rwanda, I don't know. It's everything. Everything is on Netflix or Hulu now. That is true. No, it really is. It's, the landscape has kind of changed. We know that. I think a lot of people have kind of just gone that route. I mean, you know, I still like the cable for our sports and our live sports TV. But can't you watch like live sports on Hulu? I'm not sure. Can you? I think you can. But I, I would think in 10 years, nobody's watching like cable TV anymore because you can do it on Prime or Hulu or Netflix or they'll come up with some other app and people watch it there. Oh, I think people are doing it now. I think a lot of people have. I mean, especially 
Uh, especially if you're just really a movie person or shows, then yeah, it makes no sense. You don't need it. You can get your news elsewhere. I mean, for me, it's it's live sports programming. It's you know. But you can watch shows on on an app. CBS has an app. You can watch Survivor on your app on on your phone or on your uh, on your tablet. You don't even have to have uh, Direct TV. Do you really? Four dollars a month. But do you like watching it on your phone or tablet? I'd rather have it on the big screen. I know you could probably transfer from your laptop to the screen too. Well, we have a thing where we can put it from the from the iPad to the screen. But right, we're sitting in bed. We'll watch the iPad sometimes. It's a little yeah. annoying because nobody. Everybody, I have to hold it or she holds it, and then the other person's yeah. neck is like in. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Positions. So you save some money and sacrifice <laughs> sacrifice your back and neck. Exactly. I, hey, you got to do what you got to do, Ronis. But. Uh, Actually, I was meant to tell you this. So I think you knew this. My uncle was the ghostwriter on Mickey Mantle's book. And do you know Mickey Mantle had a knee injury like the second year of his career? Because yes. he, was, he was a drunk his whole life. Oh, Ronis. yeah, I know. Yeah, definitely. Big drunk. Do you know how good Mickey Mantle would have been had he been sober? Or maybe it helped him. We don't know. Dude. I mean, I think the amazing thing about baseball players, getting back to the Mets and the, the Bronx Sioux, all these guys, I mean... It's, it was very crazy back in the day. These guys are great players, and they were they were barely sober. I don't even. I think it would be very interesting to see those people with social media now what they would have done. They also, oh yeah, for sure. They also weren't facing hundred mile per hour fastballs too. You don't think the the pitchers were better then though? You think they were worse? Uh, I think guys are just throw much harder now. A lot more movement. You think, I mean, it's think more about movement? it when. With the way that the game is structured, I mean, you got a guy coming in like late in the game every inning throwing 98-99. I mean, we discussed the Yankees' bullpen. I mean, so now you're getting a different look, different arm angle, the velocity's still high. So, But don't uh, you it, think like a great player in the 70s would be a great player now? You don't think Mike Schmidt would hit 40 home runs now? Probably. I mean, again, it's a different game. It's kind of hard to gauge. But you would think any great player would be able to excel in any era. See, tennis was different because, you know, back then they had wood rackets and, you know, uh, Federer and, and Djokovic are hitting with like things that, the, that Rod Laver never hit with, you know, because of just time. But I always thought baseball was different. I would think like a good hitter could hit no matter when it was. I would, I would generally agree with that for sure. You know, like tennis, you see those guys like 30 years, years ago, they were skinny. Now everybody's like big and muscular and working out and hitting like hitting BBs down there. It's just different. Yeah, same thing uh, in the sport of baseball. Guys are a lot bigger, uh, throw harder. I mean, but it's just, you know, evolution in the way pretty much every sport the game has changed. It's always kind of people always want to draw those comparisons to the players back in the day. And it's just it's really difficult because so many things have changed. I think basketball's worse. I think basketball's much the, the product is much worse now than it was 20 in, in the 70s and 80s. The quality of the game. Uh, in what way? No discipline, more one-on-one, less team ball. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think some of these guys could have played back in the, in the day. I don't think these guys shoot very well. Or they uh, shoot well and they don't do well. Also, they're, they're good shooters and they don't have a rest of the game where they have a game and they can't shoot. Yeah, I think a lot of people say that. I, I find the product to be entertaining, though. I, I like it right now. No, it's entertaining because all the teams are the same way. But do you think any one of these teams now could have beaten like the old Celtics, the old Lakers with Magic and Bird? Probably not. I would have liked to see Golden State against them. That would have been fun. I think I take the old Lakers again, beat the Warriors. What if the Lakers, I mean, the Warriors are shooting 55% from three? I think Michael Cooper is covering Steph Curry. 
All right. Yeah, so that's always an interesting argument and debate. Uh, and I think like I it. take the Celtics too with Bird, Parrish, McHale, Ainge, DJ. They would have suffocated that Warriors team. That game was much more physical than two. Yeah, I know, dude. They pound them, and the car would come out and punch somebody. It's crazy because things that we see now that get like uh, flagrant fouls, they were allowed back then. <laughs> exactly. That's like, hey, it's Tuesday. You I know, mean, Charles Oakley's <laughs> watching the game now. I'm like, really? That's a flagrant? He's like, I would do that seven times a game. Exactly. I mean, Rick Mahorn? Rick, Rick Mahorn was lethal, dude. He was lethal. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was vicious. <laughs> he was. And Bill Beer. I was afraid watching that get those guys on TV. Yeah, no, it was crazy. They did, like, was it a 30 for 30 on, was it the Pistons or yeah. Lear, right? No, it was Pistons. I saw yeah. it, dude. Yeah, yeah. They, they were scary dudes. And Isaiah was the worst one of them all, by the way. Of course, yeah. He was uh, the it's... dirtiest one. Yeah, that was definitely, uh, if you want to see physical basketball, watch that one, because that was crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, who's coming up in hour number two? Well, on the spot, we'll, we're bringing back Frank Stample because he's an NBA guy, so we're going to talk about the trades. And then at 320, Matt Modica to talk some fantasy baseball. Oh, Modica's pretty good. CTM baseball. He knows That's right. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, always heavily involved in the fantasy baseball drafts. He's already done a lot. So uh, we'll talk to him and get his thoughts on some of the trends going on right now. All right. Tell him I said hi. All right, guys. This is Dr. Roto saying be well. Take care. Back with more with Adam Ronas right after this. 